Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back another week, another uh, slate of news topics to talk to you guys about. Um, and of course, uh, I am Illegal86 and I am joined by Mr. Tactic. Hey-o. Hey oh. Hey oh, there he is. I was honestly waiting for the one this time. I got so used to I know. it. <laughs> I got it right though, right? It's, there's no one. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, see, there we go. I, I, I'm capable of surprising you still after all these years. Um, and a nerd bomber. And I know there's no numbers on that one. Happy hump day, everyone. Assuming that you're listening on Wednesday. When do, do we know? That's actually an interesting question. Do we have statistics on like when people like, do you think this is like a Friday feel like people listen to this on the weekends or is it always like right away on? I like to think people are like super excited on Wednesday. They crack it open immediately, but I don't know. I know I've looked into the stats a little bit and we do have like a healthy amount of people who actually listen to it like first thing on Wednesday. But there's also, like you said, a big Friday crowd who comes through on TGIF. Yeah, I'm a I'm probably more of a weekend listener myself, not to not to our podcast, specifically just podcasts in general. But it's good to know that we have people listening in general and 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 we thank you all. Um, And as I said, we have a slate of topics for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about um about some exciting news, especially for Nerd Bomber, some exciting news about Telltale Games. And um, we're going to talk about this Joker movie that everyone has been going on and on about, um, especially after the latest trailer, which I think we talked about last episode of the episode before it at least came up. Um, and then uh, we're also going to be talking about um, how Tactic feels about unpaid internships, I think is what this topic is going to amount to. I am ready. Um, he is excited, guys. I mean, we, we had a bit of a roundtable beforehand just to get our head straight and he's ready to go. But let's uh, let's start at the start and um, let's talk about Telltale Games. So for those that don't know, um, we have a huge Telltale Games fan in the house. Although I guess you guys are probably both fans, right? I mean, I know Nerd Bomber is like the biggest one, but... You guys I've, are both fans of what I they do. I feel like I've definitely played more of the Telltale games. I've played the entire Walking Dead series. That was definitely like my favorite one. I bought the entire collector's edition that's going to be coming out. Um, I played The Wolf Among Us. That was pretty awesome. Uh, actually, I think I played the Batman one, but those are really the only ones I've played. No, that's a lie. Even old school, like they had Jurassic Park. That yeah. was before they really got big. Yeah, you kind of run the forefront. For me, I, I play them when I get organs removed, and that happens far and few between. So, Just, just the once so far, right? Or is there multiple times? Well, I'm waiting to, to crack back into them when I get my appendix taken out. I, I don't know when that's going to happen. I, I Who knows? But you're Hope, planning on it? Yeah, maybe. It could I was going to ask that. Yeah. Get, get some medical leave. Who knows? Well, you have to make sure you hide this podcast from the insurance adjusters. I don't think hearing medical leave would be fun is is a way to to get that paycheck but uh well i guess you're excited to get your appendix out then but uh nerd bomber is excited about telltale games because they're being revived is what i'm hearing but there's there's a a lot to unpack and and maybe you can take us through a little bit of that yeah so actually late last week a group of investors announced that they are planning to revive telltale games so they've purchased the name and a lot of the old IPs that Telltale had access to. Um, And if you guys weren't aware, Telltale shut down last September. It was actually kind of surprising and shocked a lot of people. It was really the victim of a lot of poor mismanagement of funds. Did we talk about it? Do you remember? I I believe we did talk about it. And basically, there were a lot of sequels and games left on the table, like The Wolf Among Us 2, which was announced 
obviously wasn't going to get made. Um, Skybound did buy the rights to The Walking Dead, so they were able to finish out the series. But that also means that Telltale will not have the rights to that. Um, but the the guys who bought Telltale, they actually did not work at Telltale Games prior to its closure. They actually are more in the app game. And so now they'll be reviving the company in Malibu, whereas before it was in San Rafael. And they've actually said that they're going to take it kind of slow, start off really small. Um, and they might hire some of the Telltale employees back as contractors. And then eventually, if things go well, they'll offer them a full-time paid position back at the company. So You said a lot of things there that I, I feel like we need to revisit. I mean these are app people who bought that has to scare you right yeah they have a lot of background i think in mobile license development so like i think the one guy he worked on like a duck dynasty game or maybe like the power rangers game how is this getting worse yeah (laughs) that's what you're saying getting worse and i think the other guy he actually worked at the physics software havoc um if you ever see like the havoc logo pop up in the splash screen of some of the games that you play they they work on physics software so very different background from what telltale games used to be and essentially what it means is that they're more or less slapping a name on something completely new And they have said in some interviews they're planning on trying to keep the formula the same because one of the reasons they're reviving Telltale is because they believe that like storytelling in games should not go away. And that was one of the big strengths of Telltale games. But it it yet remains to be seen how this will actually work and if they'll be able to pull it off. So basically, what? correct me if I'm wrong, but they're trying to bring back some of the old staff to keep the name alive and they're going to play a hands-off type role, hopefully? No, not particularly. They've actually said they're not necessarily going to hire any of the Telltale employees full time, but they'd be willing to have them back on as like contractors or interim work. And then eventually, if things start to turn around, then they would hire them on full time. The the one thing that this does get me excited for, though, is um, potential for some of the big games that didn't get continued when Telltale shut down in the past. So The Wolf Among Us, that actually was one of my favorite games of, I think I think I played it on the Xbox One. I wanted to say last generation, but it wasn't. Um, but I played it on the Xbox One, and it actually introduced me to the entire Fables comics. And I read that entire series, and I really loved the storyline. I loved the characters. Just the, the detective noir aspect of the game itself was really appealing to me. And it, I got super pumped when they announced the sequel. So now this is kind of the chance for maybe it to come back. I'm not really sure. For those of you who don't know what that game is kind of around, it's basically take all of the fables from your childhood, put them in a rough city, and then go. Yeah, so basically the characters of like all of your classic fables, like the Big Bad Wolf, etc., um, they actually come to Earth as a refuge because the the fable world is being overtaken by a dark force. So they come to earth and then they basically have to blend in and like hide in with humanity. So like the big bad wolf turns into big B wolf, who is a detective and a police enforcer in quote unquote fable town, the little like town village that they kind of make for themselves in the quote unquote real world. It's a, it's a really yeah, interesting I've, premise. I mean, I have an article open just to as reference and talk about this and the picture on the article is a 
there's a guy standing in a dark room in like a seedy apartment smoking a cigarette and then next to him laying on a couch i think asleep is a pig smoking a cigarette so like that's what we're talking about here yeah so that's actually bigby wolf and then one of the three little pigs i think yeah that's a wolf so they have man. they have potions and magic and stuff to make themselves blend in with humanity. Wow. So he, I mean, wouldn't, I mean, I'm kind of getting off topic here, but wouldn't a wolf just eat a pig? That's the irony of it because they have to blend in and stick like stick together, watch out for each other. So they live right. together now because he owes the three little pig character for blowing down his yeah. house. Oh, a lot of money. I thought that's what you're going to say. Either way, um, my, I mean, my thought, one of my first thoughts, you mentioned San Rafael and you mentioned contract work and freelancing in San Francisco, in the San Francisco area doesn't seem like the best formula for like getting workers with any kind of longevity and like being able to pay them and give them a wage that will go the distance in that part of the country so that's that's certainly kind of scary but i mean i'm all for yeah i i can't say i've ever played any telltale games but most of the games that i've considered to be my favorite games ever have all been very very story driven games which is what it sounds like telltale does so i mean i'm on board for them coming back but just at face value i share the skepticism that's being being thrown around i mean mobile app mobile games have their place in the world but I don't think anyone wants to hear, oh, Telltale Games got bought and it's it's a mobile games person that bought them. And hopefully that's not where it goes. But I mean, you sound like, you sound like you're still, still certainly excited and I think you have good reason to be. I'm more so, I'm just excited for the potential for all of these IPs that Telltale had access to. And hopefully if they play their cards right and they do the right thing, like you said, Giving these ex-Telltale employees who are basically masters at the craft and masters at storytelling and developing these games, giving them only contract work. I mean, obviously, these two guys were not part of the old Telltale, so they're not obligated to do anything. But especially, like you said, in that area, it's really difficult to maintain employment off of contract work, especially when you're thinking about stuff like healthcare and trying to figure out longevity in that area. So... I think they have to do something a little bit better in order to retain those masters of the craft to come back and make their games what they used to be and retain that magic. Um, but there's a lot of potential. So I don't want to lose hope just yet, but it could like easily like it could go wrong. If I'm a telltale games employee and I see this news, I'm not, I mean, I guess the only situation in which I'd be thinking, Oh great. I'm going to go back and take less pay to do the same work is like, if you if they care as deeply about these ips as you do then maybe they'll go back but otherwise i'd be like that we made great games and i was part of that and i can go get a job at i don't know ea that's a bad example but like a bigger studio that can you know i'm glad you said that because the whole the whole discussion i was thinking the main thing that's going to make or break this path forward is if these people felt that they had a true passion project and that they want to jump in and, and keep it going. Right. And that'll be, that's, it'll be curious to see actually, you know, if they do go the, the route of like bringing back telltale employees as contractors, like how many will come back? Because assumably the people that come back will be the ones who care very deeply about the IP and therefore they'll care very deeply about making it the best that it could be. So 
there's certainly reason for hope you know it's all all is not lost and you know it's an exciting time to be a telltale fan if only because telltale was previously dead <laughs> so um i think too yeah this, this also as like a parting thought one of the reasons that telltale kind of got run into the ground is that off of the heels of the success of the walking dead they took on a little bit too much i don't think they could handle it like too many different ips they had their hand in like batman borderlands they had stranger things i'm trying to think they had like game of thrones there were a ton of different franchises that they took on and tried to make games for and and those are have to be expensive rights too right i mean exactly game of thrones like yeah you're, you're stretching yourself in there i yeah and especially with the episode of content and just the expectations of basically constantly churning out new episodes of all of these different games i think if they do it right and they have a small scale approach it'll be a little bit better because after a certain period of time, a lot of those games did kind of feel samey and stale and like the game engine was feeling a little bit dated. So I think this will give it a little bit of a reboot. If they do follow the old telltale formula, they might have a little bit more room for creative innovation in their games. Well, how were the, I mean, you have the Havoc guy involved. I mean, how, how are the physics in the telltale games? I mean, that probably took a back seat to yeah, storytelling. I mean, but. physics wasn't really one of the main drivers in the game because a lot of the game was based upon dialogue or just like walking around and doing like point and click adventure detective work kind of stuff. Right. It's it's like that old game from uh, you ever see Big with Tom Hanks where he just like types stuff in like the old those old adventure games like that where it's like what are you gonna do and you're like light the torch and they're like all right it's kind of like that but but like you know. graphically inclined yeah yeah less less eighties more. <laughs> more like 2010s but yeah i don't know i mean it's certainly an exciting time maybe i'll maybe now is the best time for me to to dip my toes into the telltale universe and i think if i remember correctly you would encourage the walking dead of all of, all of their ips that yes, no, maybe that so. was probably so that to me that is their most completed series um there were four seasons of that and you can play it now start to finish the story is complete and it was probably one of the first video games in a while. After I finished Mass Effect, I kind of went into a video game hole where I was playing a lot, but no story really gripped me. And the first season of The Walking Dead, like at the very end of that season, I got super emotional. It was very just powerful and thought evoking mm. and put you in a lot of different morally ambiguous situations and you had to make difficult choices. So it was definitely one of the best games in my opinion that i probably played in the last decade highly That's recommend a big gap i mean between mass i don't know when walking dead season one came out but between that and mass effect i feel like it had to be a pretty decently large gap no i don't yeah, know yeah I, mean, I think so i mean i still we're, there were a lot there. of games that i enjoyed and i loved a lot but i think that was the first one that i walked away and it like still kind of nagged at me and haunted me for a little bit after i finished it for, for those that, that don't know um nerd bomber lent me mass effect once and mass effect is like one of your favorite games and i gave it i gave it a shot it wasn't for me <laughs> so so sad any, any mass effect lovers out there who want to just ream me like on twitter or something just go ahead and hit me up and we can talk about my experience um in the meantime we should talk about the joker and i don't just mean the character i mean the new movie uh, the movie that's set to come out in october i want to say October 5th is when it's due, due out, but 
reviews are starting to pour in and most of them not all of them but most of them are uh i would say they're rave reviews ign gave it a 10 today um the, re- the reviews from you know the, the big boy critics are are pouring in there's all kinds of hot takes and a lot of people are fully expecting uh joaquin phoenix to earn some nominations for this which i think is really interesting i mean we haven't seen nominations like this for a superhero movie since probably the dark knight i mean i don't know i'm just thinking i don't I can't think of any others i don't feel it's a superhero movie I think it just happens. It doesn't look like one. It happens to take place in a superhero city, but as far as the movie goes, it's literally just a downward spiral of a man into madness, which is it's a amazing. Study. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I have heard that, and that has shown up in a bunch of reviews saying that it is potent. It's a very daring movie. It's very potentially page turning for the genre in terms of like okay let's let's get people to take these movies more seriously which i think is something that the dark knight also did you know i mean i mean i I hate to keep referencing that but like i felt the same way about that movie whereas like marvel movies are very comic i mean they're comic book movies they're very pow and kabloosh and big colors and a lot of quippy dialogue but nothing like this the director stressed that they it is zero percent related to the comic book universe it's its own thing but in my opinion they did rip one thing from the comic book joker that is go on and that's all it takes is one really bad day everyone is on the brink of madness it just takes one bad day and that is is that not the greatest plot line you've ever heard i just i mean when i look so i mean I'm trying to remember if we talked about the latest trailer. I, I, I still, I feel like we did, but even we if we did. didn't, like it, it, you watch Joaquin Phoenix do what he's doing. And your first thought, at least if you're me is like, wow, this guy is really messed up. Like it, it, it is so genuine. Like he is swinging for the fences in terms of like being this incredibly troubled, I assume mentally ill in some way person who, like you said, just gets pushed off the edge and what happens next is maybe the best thing that could be the best thing that's ever happened to the DCEU. I mean, DC has been floundering for, for years now. And I saw another review that suggested, you know, if, if floundering franchise attempts lead to standalone movies of this quality, then that could be a really good thing is, you know, not every movie has to be, can interconnected with the rest this can just be what it is and you know i'm i'm not uh naive i doubt that will happen because this movie will come out and we'll do incredible and they'll say let's do another one but i don't know i mean i'm ready for it that's i think i would be very disappointed and i'm sure i'm going to be disappointed to see this joker iteration in the robert pattinson batman reboot I think that'll just kill me because I feel like the, I, I mean, I guess I just don't know the direction of the new Batman movies, but I feel like that'll be really comic booky. And like, like you said, a lot like the Marvel movies where it's flashy and kind of gimmicky because they don't want to go down the dark path that the last set of DC movies went down. But and those were, and it's, it, that's crazy to me because they were so great and they were so grounded. And that was what made, like, you could watch Batman and, I mean, yeah, sure. He's like a billionaire, you know, 
super superhero physically like these all these different things but like you watch the dark knight and you're like it's 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 character studies it's not necessarily about the action it's about these three men who are like being pushed over the edge by this psychopath and what happens and like that's the interesting part see you're that's forgetting the part that this should focus on that between then and now you had batfleck and well yeah that was that i i forgot that on purpose yeah so that iteration <laughs> of batman was very grim and dark and it didn't really have a good reason to be in my opinion, like they didn't establish the character well enough. They didn't establish the world as dark and gritty enough to support that. And I think now they're just going, I think they're planning on going the opposite way, considering the success of like the lighter themed Marvel and like Shazam and all of those movies that are like a little bit lighter. So I'm really hoping they don't try to like mash Batman and this new Joker iteration together because I feel like it won't end well. I would really like to see this one be like a standalone of some sort. Yeah, I mean, what you're suggesting is that there would be a serious tonal clash because, well, like you, I mean, I saw Justice League. I didn't see Batman versus Superman, um, but like in Justice League, like you said, like Ben Affleck is like this deeply troubled, you know, oh, these things have happened to me. So he's world weary, he's, but, but but we don't really know why and we don't really care. And he's just like this sad sack who has a bunch of cool toys, but like, I think that's what makes the Joker so important is that he is the perfect foil for Batman. I mean, he's the perfect, he's the perfect comic book villain, first of all. And I don't think there's much debate on that, but he is this zany chaotic figure. And Batman is supposed to be this, the world's greatest detective. And he's this grounded thinker. And I, I think for that to work, it has to be dark. I want, and it, I want to give everyone a homework assignment before you watch the joker and i that think i is, know what this is going to be but but go on and that is watch two things a impression of mark hamill just doing the joker live because it's fantastic and oh my gosh and the other thing is to watch batman the killing joke it is an animated movie it goes into the backstory of the joker and there are quite a lot of parallels there that i think are worth noting prior to seeing the movie the killing joke is actually pretty dark um if you don't want to watch it there's obviously you can read the comic book version of it and there's also we posted on our social media um they novelized it too which almost felt a little redundant because the comic book version did exist in book form but either i've seen them all at this point and no matter which way you slice it it's a very dark ride but the gist of it is uh, he's just a, a quirky guy who who just wants to make people laugh. He wants to be a comedian. And then one bad day. Whew. Chills. Right. And that's like, that's what we're looking at here, right? I mean, that's at least what the trailer suggests. And like the craziest thing to me is that, do, do you guys know the what the director of this movie has directed? What he's most known for? I don't, not offhand. Saw. No. This will be a fun game. Is it Saw? Um, it is not Saw. It's a, it's a trilogy of movies um, that take place. Well, no, they don't. They take place in different places. Uh, Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis. The Hangover. The Hangover? I won. He is be- best known for the Hangover movies. And then he turned around and did this. And I just can't wrap my head around that. 
Like, it's a good thing I, he didn't pick what, Zach Galifianakis to play the Joker. <laughs> oh man, that would have been. Well, he's he's busy making the Between Two Ferns movie, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine any other actor auditioning for this and doing better than Joaquin Phoenix. Just just from the trailer, seeing what he's doing and seeing how like physically messed up he is. Like, well, there was an <laughs> article that just came out, and he said that the weight loss that he had to endure for this role actually messed him up psychologically. Perfect. Well, I mean, yeah, th- th- there's people that like. I've I've seen a lot of jokes that have been like, you know, and I don't agree with them as jokes. I don't think they're very funny jokes, but like, oh, well, Jack Nicholson could handle it. You know, Jared Leto could handle it. Why can't Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix handle it? It's like, okay, but imagine playing this character. Did you see the Jared Leto version? Let's be real. He wasn't the no, Joker. No, I didn't. You didn't he see was, it? Oh, man. He was no, terrible. He had He grills. was probably just Jared Leto. Yeah, he's just Jared Leto, like, wearing a bunch of makeup. It was like... like I guess it is an interpretation of the Joker that I have seen, I guess, in some iteration of the comics at some point, but it was just bad. I did not like it. And so, Jack Nicholson's already nuts. So, right. He was crazy when he got there. Shout out to Jack Nicholson. You do great work. But but I don't know. Like, I just. I mean, the descent I, I into hope madness. Joaquin Phoenix is okay. <laughs> I feel like this type of role. I don't know. I just give these actors a lot of credit. Because any type of role that's this dark and it not even necessarily the Joker, but like movies in general, there are some really dark characters out there. And a lot of these actors just totally immerse themselves in the character. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit because that is some mental vaults that I don't think I could hurdle. I don't know. Method acting is crazy. Like, I don't I can't think of it off the top of my head. Like, I know Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor. You guys know about method acting, right? Yep. Like it's what? basically you totally immerse yourself in you just the in part. character the whole time and like i can't imagine playing a character like the joker and being like i'm gonna be in character the whole time like and and, and it takes a lot of courage right and like i think just on the merits of the courage it took to take a comic book character and tell yourself okay people are going to take this really seriously like you're swinging at it in different ways then because you're you're insisting that the audience take you very seriously when you're wearing a face paint and stuff you know like it's it's bold and i think that alone is deserving of awards consideration but i don't know we're going to be seeing a lot of movies in the next few months that have oscar plastered all over them so i was just i guess astounded by the rave reviews coming out for this movie well before it was even released and i mean i guess it's just very few and far between that you hear the type of praise for a movie where across the board people are like this is oscar worthy yeah so as of right now as of this recording it has an 85 percent uh, on 40 reviews so again not not universal acclaim but um people are loving it it's 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 being lauded as an, a potential evolution for comic book cinema and again joaquin phoenix is you know people are going crazy over it and the other thing to consider when when talking about how good this is doing is it came out in a time when the market is oversaturated with superhero movies so let's say it came out i don't know two years ago would it have done even better or would it have done worse because we're we're like tired of the same formula something to consider i i don't know i mean that's that's a fair question like i think 
I think two years ago or three years ago, it might not have ever been made because it's the reason I want to say one of the reasons that it it is what it is, is that when you go to make a comic book movie these days, like, yeah, you're probably going to make a bunch of money, but there is, especially lately, an impetus to like make it different in some way. And this looks like if it's going to be anything, it's going to be different than other comic book movies that you've seen. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious to see how borne out that's, that's going to be in terms of like, like I, this is the kind of movie where I certainly don't want to see a post credit scene. There's no need for that. Let it be what it is. Let it stand alone by itself. The other thing to, to ask yourself is, do you think this is going to open the door for more villain backstories? I think we're starting to see that a little bit, not necessarily in DC, but just as a general trend. I mean, you look at what Disney is doing. They announced Cruella. We talked about that in the the episode where we discussed everything from D23. I mean, they already did the Maleficent movie. I think there is some appeal in seeing the villain side of things. I'd like to yeah, see. I mean, the, I would, I'd like to see more villain movies, but have them all be rated R. And I think the next good one would be Deathstroke. I would I would definitely watch a Deathstroke movie. I would like to watch um I would watch the crap out of a Riddler movie. I think Riddler is just a, gra- a great. I think Batman has like the best villains. Like in terms of Marvel, I don't know. Like I their villains are are typically extremely forgettable in my opinion. So like I think Doctor Doom is one that you could really set up to be really cool and you know, you could give that character its own movie and I think that would be great. Um but I agree. I think that would be a really cool thing as if the villains started getting fleshed out just as much as the heroes are. Um, Cause then it, you care about them more. Even if you don't agree with them, you care about them more and seeing the fight would be all the more interesting, I guess. So I don't know. I just got as, in, as kind of some parting words for this, like are, you guys are planning on seeing this, I would assume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. This is, this is, top billing for me uh, in terms of the fall like this is something i'm gonna have to make sure i go see so so again uh this comes out october 4th um it's a little over two hours so you can make the time come on get out there um and i think if i mentioned it's rated r i think is it rated r i think i mean some of the review snips that i read said that it was like super violent and really dark in some spots of the movie and that for a lot of the reviewers, they felt like they just were kind of unclean walking out of it. So I feel like with that amount of disturbing content, it has to be. Then definitely be watch yeah. definitely watch The Killing Joke. I feel like there might be more parallels than we know based on the trailer. I googled it and it is rated R. I also learned $55 million budget, for, which is like for a superhero movie, it's like pretty low, I feel like. I don't know. I guess I don't have a whole lot to compare it to other than like all the big Marvel movies these days. But well, I mean, they probably don't need as much CGI and stuff. A lot of it's just going to be like a character study. Why do you need to have these massive special effects and whatnot? Also produced by Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper's producing some movies lately, man. He produced Star is Born too. He's uh, got his hands in everything. Yeah. He's, he's Rocket Raccoon. He's playing both sides of the, both sides of the aisle on this one. But, um, yeah, I think this is an important movie. I, I hope it does well. Um, and it certainly seems poised too. So, uh, yeah, October 4th, we'll be checking it out and you should too. Um, but before that, let's, uh, let's take a little break and let's shout out our good friend, Mr. Ben Checkness, uh, our Patreon producer. So, uh, Ben 
supports us at the night level, which is the topmost of our three levels. And um, as a result, he gets a shout out on every episode. He gets input into our quiz game at the end of every episode. And he also gets access to uh, our secret segments, which come out once a month and our monthly vlogs as well. Um, We have two lower tiers as well. Our Squire tier uh, gives you access to both the secret segment and the monthly vlog. And the page level gives you access to the secret segment so um, if you're interested in supporting us and supporting what we do uh, we would love to have you over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast i can never remember if the podcast comes at the end yeah the podcast goes to the end okay so there you go um go check us out we'd really appreciate it and um yeah again we thank you for listening and uh keep an eye out for a guest spot uh from mr ben coming up quite soon um so yeah shout out shout out to ben and um we should also give our customary shout out to podcoin and for that i'm going to swing it over to the nerd bomber yeah so if you guys are interested in getting paid to listen to your favorite podcast like the online warriors podcast shameless plug you can check out the podcoin app for every minute that you guys listen to a podcast you get paid in podcoin and you can put those podcoin towards either charities or gift cards. So if you want to check that out, you can download the app. It's free on both iOS and Android. And if you haven't already signed up, you can get kickstarted with 300 bonus podcoin by using our very own promo code, which is online warriors. So check that out when you get a chance. And now we've also got some words from one of our favorite podcast friends. Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the IMDb Journey podcast. Where we break down every movie from the top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. But when we're not doing that, we also battle other podcasts in various movie-related games of trivia and drafts. We also give quick reviews about every other film we've watched as well. Yeah, here we're quite good too. Yeah, if you guys don't believe us, why don't you listen to these genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, you guys are really good. I love your chemistry. Oh, hey, Brew. It's, uh, this is a, this is a good podcast, yo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, love the banter, guys. Keep it up. I'm DB Jenny is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic testimonies. Oh, thanks, guys. Absolutely genuine and real. <laughs> and if you want to give a genuine testimony as well, go ahead and search for IMDb Journey. You can find us on all your favorite podcast sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come along and join our journey. All right, welcome back. Um, thanks for that. Uh, those words of wisdom from from our podcast friends and. Uh, we can jump back into our last piece of news on the day, which is uh, which is about <laughs> Chucklefish, which is the name of a game developer, um, believe it or not. And in 2014, they came out with a game called Starbound, which have you guys ever played Starbound? I had not heard of it until now. It's an indie hit, apparently. I have not, no. Well, uh, evidently, we're getting people coming forward on this, you know, five years later, which I'm not really sure about why they waited so long but um people saying they they worked on the game for free and some people say they even logged hundreds of hours of labor um and we're talking like we're talking teenagers here so this is like unpaid internship territory i guess and um yeah i don't know i just i I mean off the top like how do you guys feel about that as a practice because i mean my gut says they aren't the only ones to do this but 
Yeah, that, that, I guess I that's kind of where I'm at. They're not the first corporation to have unpaid internships to provide young individuals with valuable experience. Well, see, I think the thing that sets them apart a little bit is that they did not start out as a corporation. They're an indie game development studio, and they actually started out very small. And basically, all of this was happening over IRC and forms and stuff like that. They had like an online community where people who were fans of the game and the studio and whatnot could submit work. And so I think they basically just took advantage of unsuspecting like 16 year olds who thought they were just submitting work and maybe getting their foot in the door, but then got taken for a ride and all of their work just got used for no compensation. I almost said constipation, but I stopped myself. See, but that's the internet. You, When you submit things on the internet, you literally say, and that's also what is called the open source. You literally say, this is my Anyone's content, property. but yeah. I don't care if anyone uses it. So I, I really don't see how there's a case here. Well, I mean, I, I think there's other. Th- I mean, there's other things here in this article I have in front of me. I mean, there's talks of harassment and bullying in the workplace. Uh, none of what's being discussed here is a good look for Chucklefish at all. Um, I mean, I could go through a few testimonials that are in front of me, but some of them are just not even worth talking about. Um, but I mean, h- hundreds of hours, and like, I know unpaid internships like exist, like. I have never had one myself, but like I can understand wanting to get your foot in the door. And there's all these jokes these days about like, do you pay an exposure, which is more for like artists and musicians and stuff. But I don't know, hundreds of hours of game development. That's work. That's, that's paid work of some kind to me. But was it voluntarily given up or were they forced, forced to work? I mean, they were not forced to work. And a lot of the, the firsthand accounts, they knew going in that they had no contract and they weren't going to get compensated and the work was free. But I mean, they're 16 year old kids. It's very, not that you should be taking advantage of teenagers and kids, but it's very easy to manipulate basically children when you're a game developer and you think that you're basically selling yourself as the ticket to get them into the gaming industry. It's manipulative. It's not necessarily illegal. Right, but let's un- let's unpack that. They quote manipulated kid to give kids to give them a high level programming experience to now open up their future to get into computer science. I <laughs> uh, that's I don't know. That's that's coloring it in a way that I, I, like I I like the term taken advantage of, and I think that's like the best case scenario here is like there were some savvy executives who were like, hey, these kids are just giving us stuff. Let's just keep taking it, you know, whatever it takes. We'll tell them what what they need to hear, but without any contracts or anything, they're screwed blue and we can just use all their stuff. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure that you could, if you're one of these kids, you can put it on a resume and say, this is, I did these things. And I would hope Chucklefish would like back that up and be like, yeah, these people did these things for us and it was good. So but I, like, I want to be clear that I'm not pro corporation on this. I'm pro open source on this myself. I've had tons of different programming projects where I have gone to forums and we've had discussions, shared content and through the open source, I came out with a better product. And, and I, and I simply see this as that really. 
but all the same hundreds of hours though i I hear you because like i I code every day and like there's a lot of times that i'm like i don't know how to do this specific thing and i go online and i and i find out how to do it but hundreds of hours and like a lot of the projects that you guys are working on where you're collaborating with people on the internet and most or open source projects are not raking in the amount of money that starbound did And a lot of these kids who were contributing to the game, they actually didn't realize how like that they were really being taken advantage of until I believe the Kickstarter went live and they saw exactly how much money and that this independent game studio was not in dire straits and they could afford to pay them like that. That just seems a little dirty. And like I said, probably nothing illegal about it since they did have an agreement and everyone knew that they weren't going to get compensated, but it just feels manipulative. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I've I, I know I've been pushing back on you, Tactic, about the unpaid internship aspect, but I, I don't know where I stand on this because I think there's a lot of people who would say, you know, like, well, kid, hope you learned something. <laughs> like, that's the way the world works kind of thing. And like, yeah, it's not great, but money makes the world go round but it's a, I don't know. it's a two-sided coin they those kids effectively have all of that company's ip now to make that game you know what i mean well no i mean you can't take that ip anywhere else because i mean just doing some background reading i'm, I'm looking at an article from polygon and one of the people basically said that in an interview um the the person asked if they would be paid or the the main guy at the studio asked them if they wanted to be paid and they were like well yeah of course but then they never actually signed a contract and the only thing they signed was an nda so they can't even take that ip and go somewhere else with it because the ip ultimately belongs to chucklefish so they alluded that they were going to get them paid just to get them an nda signed basically i'm not sure if there was a carrot and a stick like that but it's yes I think it's maybe di- they alluded to there being something potentially down the road if they worked hard enough or something. Because some of the other weird, like manipulative type stories that are coming out, and again, like it's it, not that I don't believe everybody, but I still like I don't a hundred percent know where I stand because it some of it is hearsay here. Um, but they're saying like they would almost groom new people, like if someone new showed up on the forums trying to contribute. Like all of a sudden, all of the lead developers' attention would be on that one person, basically stoking the fire and being like, "Oh, you're doing great! Like maybe one day you'll you'll be a huge part of the company, so that they would get more work." Until they realized, like, "Hey, I'm not getting anything out of this," and then he would just move on to the next one. Again, though, that's hearsay. Like, I I don't know. It, it's a weird, sticky situation because technically. Like, I think they were upfront that no one was going to get paid. So technically, there's nothing illegal here from like a morality standpoint. It's kind of sketchy, but I'm sure they had at least one lawyer on staff who was like, would check things over and be like, yeah, this this is, you know, legally kosher. Morally, it's dicey at best. But like, I don't know. I just we I feel like we've talked various times on this podcast about like, what horrible lives game developers have sometimes <laughs> like we i remember we talked about rockstar with red dead like a really long time ago but i feel like since then we've too we've talked about how game to de- game devs just get run ragged and are working like 100 hour weeks and get paid so little start and, start coding your signature in any program you write now kids 
It's a way to cover your own behind. Yeah, like put put watermarks in your code. And I don't when know I how was that's done exactly, but when I was in high school, I was like the best person using solid modeling software, and uh, all the quote cool kids would ask me for my uh, my file so that they can get it done. And I would put my name in the file. So if they didn't look at it, it was just like my full name. Damn, you got him good. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like it sucks to be these kids, but I don't know. At the same time, it's kind of cool to be able to say, I know you didn't get paid for it, but like, hey, I contributed to this game. I was just going to say that, like, I'm sure there are some of the the kids who were affected by this who are like, you know what? That's cool, man. I, I, I added to this game and like, look, see that thing in the game, right? I don't know how this, if this is how game coding works, but like, I would assume you're in some level of a game and you see something and you're like, see that thing right there? I coded that. That's me. You know, like, I, I don't know. There's, there's definitely an aspect of pride associated with it, but like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't even be calling it an internship hundreds of hours could still only be like two weeks and is that an internship that what is, is that true. like it could have been a really short-term thing like when i was when i was a kid when i was in high school every summer i would work at the county fair and granted i did get paid but it was all like under the table like no taxes stuff and i realize now that the, the government maybe listening in on this and yeah there was a time when i would get paid money and not paid my taxes so i was a kid i didn't know any better so can i can i look at this as a glass half full kind of thing um yeah i would encourage you to do you feel that this might open the door for maybe people see it in a positive light for open source game creating yeah i mean I, i i have an idea and i just had like a brain pop and i have to share it so wouldn't it be like neat? your brain popped? Yeah, pretty much. It like exploded all over the walls in the studio. It's kind of gross. Um, like a Jimmy Neutron situation. Business remember that, idea. Remember that show? Yeah. The, I'm basically <laughs> Jimmy Neutron of indie game development. Right in this moment, I've got your big idea. So you have a workspace that logs how much time that you put in to coding, making art, something like that. And it's all free, like no one gets paid, no one gets compensated, and it's all like a crowdsourced video game of some sort. And oh, then, like that thing that was on Reddit. Remember that thing on Reddit where they made a, p- a big picture out of pixels? Yeah, something like that, but like a big game. Yeah. And then you sell the game, cool. and based upon the amount of time that you've logged in creating the game, you get a percentage stake in the ownership of it. Based upon the amount of characters you created. I would say that, but like there's a lot of aspects to game development that might not be quantifiable in terms of coding or characters or something like that. Like that's true. Think a good about code like music. Is not necessarily a long code. Exactly. And so like based on on the amount of time that you spend actively working in this program, then you'll get a percentage cut of the game if it sells. There's your yeah, crowdsourcing people, idea. Bam. Yeah, put a little what if you just put like, a little oh, weight on the space bar. Yeah, what if you just open the program and just let it sit there and then you make a billion dollars? Plus, well, I like, guess maybe you'd have like a dedicated project manager or something like that. I don't know. Well, the, now, the now you have not, overhead. The kinks are not ironed out here. <laughs> I just had like a, a swift idea that I thought might be interesting to share with the world because I am not a game developer, but it would be interesting to see one of you out there take this idea and make a crowdsourced game. Go do it. We I'll should, buy it. We 
we should bring that back didn't we have a segment at one point that was like one of us would just have a startup idea and we just talk about it for like five minutes we did yeah would, we could maybe toy with bring hey if you're listening and you want us to bring that back shout us out on twitter instagram all of our places just tell us to bring it back and you know we probably will i don't know but yeah i don't know i'd be i think it'd be super cool to see an open source you know assuming the kinks get worked out it'd be super cool to see a game because i mean there was there's like the reddit thing i mentioned there was like remember twitch plays pokemon and it was just like this stupid that was amazing proud phenomenon yeah people were all about it and like i totally understood why i don't even like pokemon and i was like this is great it's such a cool thing it's like the world coming together to create something i think that'd be super cool but yeah i don't know like i don't i don't know where i land on the whole like online coding thing like i i think there's a lot of people out there who might see this and be like you know what this is really cool i wish i had had the opportunity to help code a game online just to like get experience and like you said learn something about computer science but i don't know i i also don't know the ins and outs of like coding video games i only code like stupid like math and stuff so it could be a totally different animal but i feel like it's a very gray area so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out before we launch uh, to our next thing i do want to make quick notes of two news topics that are not really discussion worthy but are just kind of like pinpoints in the gaming stratosphere um that i found very interesting so one is that dave bautista is now going to be a featured character in gears of war 5 yes and Drax. yeah he has been pining to be in a movie adaptation of gears of war so now he's at least in the franchise in some capacity so i love this because ever since i kind of saw him as an actor i've always thought he looks like what a gears of war person would look like in real life he looks like marcus phoenix a little bit right Mm mm-hmm big blocky guy bald well i guess is marcus phoenix bald he's always wearing a do-rag i don't know and then my second news point is that there are new controllers announced for the nintendo switch that are all pokemon based and three of them are pokeballs you have got your regular pokeball great ball and ultra ball in addition to a really 90s retro looking pikachu and mew two one and there's also like a couple pikachu ones so those are pretty sweet. The Pikachu graffiti one, as the kids say, are dope AF. Yeah. So those are just my last minute news bites. Sorry for the interruption. Do kids still say that? I don't know. No idea. It's I don't been a either. long what? time since I've been a kid. Kids say, don't they say yeet now? You know yeet? I thought Y-E-E-T. someone... Y-E-E-T. I thought that was a sneeze. I said that once it like and Tectic yelled at me, so I haven't said it since. No, I didn't remember, yell at you. Uh, I said, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> he yelled, God bless you at you. Do you remember uh, On Fleek? That was like on a really Fleek. big deal for a while. That was it like was. the term of 2016, maybe? I could have been that year. I, I, my favorite one was Bay. I think everything's fire now. Everything is fire now, but I like that one too. There's some I like and some I don't like. Let's talk about Fantasy Movie League because... We have a new winner in the house, and that's very exciting. Um, so week three of this, our third season of Operation and on our Fantasy Movie League League, which, by the way, if you want to join, is over at Online Warriors Podcast, um, Password Podcast. Uh, it was a close week this week. Uh, everyone was within, like, 
eight thousand dollars eight no not eight thousand dollars eight million dollars eight thousand dollars would be really close uh shout out and congratulations to mecca yoda who got his first his or her first win this week um played over half a cinema of good boys which i see nerd bomber you did that as well i did i just had a good feeling about it you well i think your excel sheet might have had a good feeling about it i don't know because all the choices were basically duds there's no like great movies out right now i will say that this week for me to kind of pile on to what you were saying it was a total crapshoot for me i had no strong feelings about anything which is probably why i came in eighth place um so just to run down the the lineup uh we have mecha yoda in first with with 73 a little over 73 mil nerd bomber with 72 and a quarter then spitfire man you and spitfire do you see how close you guys are that's insane oh yeah it was like we're within 60 dollars that's that's crazy 60 dollars i mean that's hard to even do we tied before Um, so sorry spitfire you tied before yeah we tied she beat me because of the tiebreaker did you have the same cineplex i think we had the same cineplex yeah but it was not we did not collaborate on that it was just total happenstance no collusion uh Number four, we have uh, Mr. Ben Checkness, our, our Patreon producer, down at 71 and a quarter. Hipster Pop Geek at five with 70 and like 100,000. Uh, then we drop into the 60s with Devin Reed at 69.9. Then Tectic at 69.3. I'm at 69, even just about. Heck, it's Tech down at nine with 65.6. And our friends at Dem Fancy logging a big zero for the millionth consecutive week shout out to dem fancy we um, also had so, a new cineplex join in but they didn't get a lineup in i don't think in time um secret asian man has now joined the league so welcome and we look forward to comp- competition competing with you i don't know words fantastic screen name also um so yeah looking at the overall uh nerd bomber still in a comfortable first place uh 253 million total Followed by Tectic at number two with 229. Just in about. an uncomfortable second place. A very uncomfortable second place. Devin Reed is right on your tail. Um, Hipster Pop Geek is down at 211, closer to 212. I am at 211. So we're also very close down there at four and five. Mecha Yoda made up some ground this week. They're at 204. Um, and Spitfire at 194 and a half. And then uh ben down at our friend ben checkness down at 151.5 and heck it's tech at 141.9 so uh, if you want to get in again the league name is uh online warriors podcast and the password is podcast all lowercase so um yeah fantasy movie league it's a lot of fun uh i'd recommend you check it out um do we want to d- d- dive right into the game here? I feel like we should do a, a quick round of what are you up to updates. I feel like yeah, I feel we, like we didn't have any last week. We need to just, we need to rapid fire this. It's been a while. Yeah, let's do it. It's, it's been a little while. So, uh, Nerd Bobber, why don't you take it away? All right. So, I actually recently watched a movie, um, The Spy Who Dumped Me, and it was something that had been in my radar for a few years, but it's finally been on Hulu. Actually, I had a lot of Hulu movie because I also watched Plus One, um, and it was actually very entertaining. I didn't expect a lot from the movie, but I thought it was relatively funny. There were decent one-liners that made me giggle. I actually snorted. Yeah, like tactics wow. laughed. So it was actually very entertaining. 
And and if you like Mila Kunis, just, just saying. Yeah, it was very action-packed. There was <laughs> Mila Kunis action, good stuff. And plus just one, saying. I, I have to recommend plus one. If you guys didn't see our tweets about that on the Online Warriors Twitter, um, that one has, uh, oh man, Quaid, Meg Ryan, and Jack Quaid's son. No, his name is Jack Quaid. I think Den- Dennis Quaid is the old yes. guy. Jack Quaid is yeah. his name. So I had Jack Quaid and oh, I'm really muffing this one up. But basically it was a good romantic comedy. Liked it. Dug it. You should watch it. She there you have it. it. Tactic. Anything to add or anything? I mean, you've done different things or maybe just the same things. I don't know. No, I've done different things. Things that I'm quite excited before. So for those of you who don't know, one of my favorite passions in video games is puzzle based games. Um, kind of kicked it off with games like Portal and Portal 2. Then uh, there was this Magnet game that's similar to Portal, and now I've started playing this game called Cube. Um, don't yell at me, but I jumped into Cube 2 first. I still have to circle back and play Cube 1. But Come on, man. My goodness. It is. Come on. That was have, my reaction. I came home and I knew he hadn't played Cube 1 because it was on a, a PlayStation and he was playing Cube 2 on the Xbox. And I was like, come on, man. You can't just jump into the sequel. So it was a console thing then? That's why you did it? Yeah. I, I prefer Xbox. Um, Fair enough. But I am just sprinting through the story. There was so far one puzzle which gave me pro- problems in Chapter 7. Let me know if you guys have tr- issues in chapter seven that gave me a hard time. And it was literally because I had to do the same thing several times before it worked. It was just the luck for whatever reason it wasn't working. And then so you're touting yourself as a puzzle master is what you're saying. I just, I, I enjoy puzzle games. It, it really strokes my ego is kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, makes me feel good. And then the other thing, which was kind of an interesting revelation and, and so for a while we've had Sims 4 on our on our Xbox just unplayed. And I saw uh, you guys doing this and I was I was hoping you were gonna bring this up. And um we're we own a home, Nerd Bomber and I, and we we're always talking about, oh, what if we, we did this remodel? What if we did that remodel? What if we blew out this wall and, and you know, whatever. None of it ever comes to fruition because they're all expensive, but it's nice to be able to kind of think about these things. And uh, so, so you built your house in The Sims. So in order to kind of visualize what it would look like to, to literally blow out a wall, we built a house in The Sims and it is by far the best architectural tool I've ever used to get an idea of like what a remodel would look like. And there, there are tons of online software available, and th- it's just fantastic because not only does you get a really good detailed view, including including siding on the outside, but you also can lay out the walls how you want. You can put hidden walls, divide out rooms. All in all, great job, Sims. Great, great I, job. Yeah, I used to while away hours. Like the Sims original Sims is like one of the best games ever. By the way, it's like in my top five for sure. And I used to while away hours on there just building houses because like I was when I played that game, I was like 12. So I couldn't handle like having a life with a game like I would my person would get fired. They would die. I don't know. All kinds of things would happen. But I would spend hours building houses. Do you remember Motherload? Of course, I remember Motherload. Do you remember Rosebud? Wait, hang on. Motherload is still 
the code for infinite money. Wow. Oh, did, did you check if Rosebud still worked? What does Rosebud get you? Just $1,000, I think. Oh, no. This gets you 50K. Yeah. See, Why would I mess you, around so you with ha- Rosebud? I, I had a little pop gun. You had a machine gun. Yeah. yeah sounds I, about right. I, <laughs> that, that game, man, The Sims, I'm jealous. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do that. Start designing houses again. I was like designing houses in my basement on The Sims when I was a kid. And I was like, I should be an architect or something. And look where I am now, kids. I'm a grad student making no money good for you You can do anything you can do anything you want to do um or just don't leave your parents basement ah that's where i am right now um i'm not actually in my parents basement uh i'm in my girlfriend's condo it's a huge difference um so other than making no money and being a grad student uh what i have been up to in the last week uh i'm just gonna keep this short because we got a game to get to but i want to shout out two pieces of media uh, one is a book called Dr. Sleep, which you may recognize because there's a movie coming out, I think next year or maybe later this year, based on a Stephen King novel, which I just read. And uh, it's the sequel to The Shining, if you've seen The Shining or read The Shining. Uh, super, super good. Super, super good read. Uh, I would strongly recommend it, especially if you liked The Shining at all. Um, so there's that. And then Uh, I want to recommend a TV show that I've actually already seen a couple of times, but I'm watching it through with my girlfriend again. Um, The Office. It's not The Office. (laughs) Although I do recommend that show as well. Uh, No, the show I'm recommending, uh, I like to call it Texas Soap Opera, um, but its actual title is Friday Night Lights, which is a show that is pretending to be about football, but it's it's actually about a lot of hot teenagers who are not actually teenagers and who are like 30 years old but they play on the high school football team um i still have never seen this show oh it's an amazing show coach eric taylor played by kyle chandler that guy should be president i'm serious um check it out it's on hulu and amazon prime so you can watch it on amazon prime without commercials which is like whew, it's amazing it's a five season run too so it's like reasonably digestible so yeah, Dr. Sleep, Friday Night Lights, check them out. Let's get down to some trivia action to close things out. Um, we'll keep it short in the interest of time, but um, for those that do not know, the NFL season is set to start on Thursday, so that'll be probably tomorrow based on when most people listen to this podcast, apparently. Um, so I'm just going to kind of take us through a Price is Right style game of um, some NFL records. So... Um, we're going to start off with passer rating. What can you guys, so in at least 1500 attempts, Steve Young, if you remember Steve Young, he has the highest passer rating over his entire career. Uh, Price is right style. What do you think that number is? Oh goodness. Uh, and I guess nerd bomber, you can go first cause ladies first. I'm trying to think, and maybe this is cheating, but what is the passer rating out of? It's out of 100, right? No? Maybe? It's above 100. I can tell you. Hang on. I think it's like something weird. It's like 153 or something. As you can tell, like... It's a scale from 0 to 158.3. That's so arbitrary. Like, why did they pick that? I'm sure there's a reason, but still. Why did Hmm. I pick it as a question? Not you. That's another good question. Them. That's another good question, though. Uh, okay. I'm going to say uh, 96. I'm going to say 125. Uh, 
So this point goes to Nerd Bomber by, you almost got it exactly, 96.8. Oh, yeah. That was literally, Uh, I just pulled that number out of my butt, so. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable. Um, So there's that. Uh, Let me find another question here. Um, Most attempted passes over an entire career. So we're sticking with quarterbacks. This is Brett Favre. You guys all remember Brett Favre. Uh, How many passes did brett Favre attempt in his entire career tactic you get to go first all right let me math this out please do let's go talk us through the math 15 games over 20 years no that's way too many years let's go 20 let's go 20 years it feels like a long time um so now we're at 300, and then you have four innings. Innings? Yeah, you know. Baseball? Sorry, uh, four quarters. Uh, I'm going to go a cool 900. All right, I'm going to math this out a little bit differently. I'm going to say you pro- the average quarterback probably makes somewhere between like 25 and 35 attempts. So let's go with the average of that. So let's go with like 30 attempts. Um, He might have gotten injured. I can't remember. I'll steal tactics 15 games a year. And then I'm going to assume his career was a little bit shorter and say 15 years. So 6,750. 6,750. And tactic, refresh my memory. What did you say exactly? 900. 900 yes it's 8758 all right i didn't want to bust i will take my point (laughs) (laughs) didn't want to bust well uh you didn't bust um did you mean to say nine thousand? like did the math (laughs) did you you leave off a zero somewhere you would have busted yeah but no i i felt that it was more than that but i like i said i didn't want to bust and i also didn't want to guess like five because I didn't know what you were going to guess, because I'm guessing first. Fair enough. Now, for question three, we're going to talk about the most rushing yards gained over an entire career. This was Emmett Smith. Um, most rushing yards gained over an entire career. And this one, we'll start again with Nerd Bomber, who has a comfortable two-point lead so far. Okay. Huh. So I'm going to do something somewhat similar i'm going to say like the average running back probably gets over just over a thousand if they're like the lead back in a backfield so i'm gonna say he did maybe like twelve thousand or twelve hundred not thousand twelve hundred in a year maybe give him a 15 no running backs don't play that long maybe a 10-year career uh i don't know how i feel about that but we're gonna go with it twelve thousand yards okay uh, this is fun. This is a very math-based uh, quiz this week. You guys are, are really thinking this through, and I appreciate it. Tactic, I'm going to go 7,000. Okay. Nerd Bomber is looking for the clean sweep. What? Neither of you were particularly close. Uh, 18,355. I think Emmett Smith was playing for at least uh, 15 years. Looks like he was playing for almost exactly 15 years, 14 years. Oh. So that See, makes your sense. Math, your math was pretty pretty well in place, actually. See, I, uh, I throttled bummer, it back simply because not every play is a rushing play. I just went with this the yearly true. average. I, I know that stat mostly from fantasy football. 
Well, you may know this one. Uh, most yards gained in a single game. Um, and this was Adrian Peterson, who I believe is actually still playing. He's the first player I've mentioned who's still playing. Most yards gained in a single game. And this is, again, rushing yards. 325 yards. Okay. Nerd Bomber? Uh, I don't want to bust. I'm going to say 180, but I feel like it's more. <laughs> okay. Well, you're, you have four points now. Uh, 296. So, so tactic, you busted. But I was closer. You were closer. You were closer by a lot, but you busted. I mean... I, I figured know, it was wanted... higher, but I didn't want to bust, and I wasn't sure where the threshold would be, so I figured I'd play it safe. I knew it was around 300. Let's do let's do two more. Uh, at this point, I think Nerd Bomber has pretty much won this thing, but I'll, we've done two questions about passing, two questions about rushing. Let's do two questions about receiving. So uh, first things first. Most... Uh, hold on. Let me find the one I want. I want to I do most touchdown receptions. But I have to find out to scroll down this lengthy page. I'm trying to even Let's do think. most receiving touchdowns over an entire career. And this is Jerry Rice. And if you don't know who Jerry Rice is, I feel bad for you. He was on Dancing with the Stars too, wasn't he? I think he won the disco <laughs> yeah, ball. Yeah, but I'm not sure if that's <laughs> what, he's, what he's most known for. That's what my mom uh, knows him from. So That's probably what a lot of moms know him from. I think think who goes first on Shout this one moms. you is it me okay oh you said receiving touchdowns over an entire career over an entire career oh goodness okay uh, do you guys want do you want me to help you on this one do you have no. a little bit of a hint no tactic does not want yeah. help i'm gonna tactic say no. oh i have no idea i'm gonna say maybe okay maybe you get maximum two in a game i'm gonna say one and a half there's maybe 15 games in a season if you're injured and whatnot and then maybe he played for 15 years and then you've got 337 touchdowns all right 337 yep all right you can help now if you wanted to no no i'll I'll, I'll let you do your thing i'm gonna go with 200 because i think she busted. okay you both busted but man tactic you were so close 197 i'm gonna give you the point for that i feel like you deserve it that's two that i was way closer and and price is right rules but well i didn't get the point either so but but who's counting um okay one more just for fun uh most consecutive games with a touchdown and this is Jerry Rice again. Uh, but I will say second place, one of my favorite names I've ever seen, Elroy Clay... Yeah, I can't even say it. Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch. Was oh, Crazy I, Legs like his actual name or was that Legs a nickname? Crazy Legs is second, then this has got to be a lot. It's in, <laughs> it's in parentheses. So it must have just been his nickname or something. But yeah, he, he's in second. Jerry Rice is in first. He did this... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what years he did this over. 1986 and 1987. So, take from that what you will. Tactic, you're up. All right, let me think. I'm going to go with six. Okay. Well, I'm assuming he did this over multiple years. So, I mean... Yeah, 1986, 1987. I thought you were saying he did it twice. Would you like to I'm just telling you what the sheet says. I, I, I mean... 
you can why don't you re-guess if i if i misled you i think i think his streak extended over two seasons but that doesn't mean six is wrong i should also say that or it extended to it's because when does football season start september right so september is one year and then january is another year so it could have just extended been one one season you see what i'm saying i don't think that's what these years mean but i'll let you interpret it however you want past this point okay i'm gonna go with you know i'm still gonna keep it low i'm gonna go with 11 all right i'm gonna i'm gonna follow up with 20 okay uh tactic gets the point actually elroy crazy legs hirsch had 11 jerry rice had their good old good old crazy legs you you were vibing with crazy legs there um okay so so nerd bomber takes this one home sorry tactic better what was the score i'm not even i wasn't really keeping track but i think it was like five to four to two something four to two i won't take more points than i actually earned well there you go she's uh she did she doesn't play to win she plays for love of the game folks um and and we love this game of podcasting for all of you and we appreciate you listening and um we got another episode in in the can so to speak yeah in in like the in like the film canister although this isn't film this is audio you know what i mean don't take it out of the can or the film will get ruined by the sunlight i don't want people to think that when i said in the can i meant like in the toilet because some people call the toilet the can Mm. and with that we wish you a great week yeah if you'd like (laughs) if you'd like to see more from us you can follow us on twitter at online warriors one we also have the links there to all of our personal twitter profiles we love talking to you guys and reach out on all of those avenues of social media um and we will see you next week thanks for listening